Um, so the title of this evening's message is Our Keeper. And if you can, turn to Psalm 121. I would say out of all the psalms, this one definitely made my top 100 list. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of hard to choose. And as an introduction, um, we're just going to kind of set the stage for ourselves here. Um, so as we all know, there are a lot of different things within our lives that can get us down. Um, we deal with sickness, we deal with pain, we deal with heartache, we deal with the loss of a loved one. Um, there's, there's an endless list of things that we are going to be and will always deal with while we are here in the flesh, while we are not fully with our Savior, Jesus Christ. There are going to be things that happen that get us down. There's a lot of bad things. Um, and starting off of within that, we have eternal salvation right now. We are completely righteous before the throne of God through faith in his Son. And, and through his word, we learn how we are to respond to certain situations whenever they arise within our lives. So knowing all this, we are going to jump in the first verse, in Psalm 121 and verse 1, he says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. So where do each of us in our lives look to whenever we need help? Do we look to our finances? Do we look towards our own goals, our own ambitions in life? Um, do we look to the worldly things of this life to give us comfort? So we must always ask ourselves this question, when things are going wrong in my life, where do I look? And there are a lot of wonderful things that God gives us in this life. There are a lot of very good things that are not bad on their own, but sometimes we can turn to them and look to them for our comfort and for our peace whenever that's a completely artificial peace. And we're just trying to fill in the void. So this can become a problem whenever we take these earthly things that on their own may be good, but we start to rely on them for our help. So we can often get distracted away from the Lord and begin to trust in ourselves and what we can control. And far too often, our pride causes us to stumble, and we forget that we are weak and frail creatures that are absolutely nothing without the help of the Lord. We have no ability to truly take care of ourselves. So there's a vast array of excuses that we can make as to why we're not giving God our full trust. And I'll let each of you determine those within your own hearts um, because there are different reasons. Um, but it all comes back down to not fully trusting the Lord. So can anything in this world be a sure foundation in which we can lean upon and put our trust on? No. The answer is a big fat no to that one. There is absolutely nothing that we can be completely secure in in this world. Every single thing that we see, every single thing is going to one, be, one day be burnt up and will pass away forever and ever. But God's word endures forever. So we would do ourselves well to look at what the psalmist said here in his first action and always take our eyes and lift them to the heaven 
because that is where our help comes from. David started off this psalm as a question, but it was a question in which he knew what the answer was. As in verse 2 he says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. This is where our help comes from. So often we can become distracted by the things that are going on in our life, and we get distracted away from the one that is the word of God that spoke everything into existence by his power, his might, his own authority, his own wisdom. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that named all of the stars, trillions upon trillions and trillions, billions of galaxies. Our scientists are trying harder and harder to push their limits and to push the boundaries to see how far it goes, and yet they can't get it. It's impossible. They've been trying, and we have some pretty amazing technology, yes, but it's absolutely nothing compared to God because even all that, as vast as this universe is, God is still outside of it. He is still holding it all together in the palm of his hand. That is how big our God is. And there isn't a single dead blade of grass on this earth that has escaped the knowledge of God. There isn't a single atom or grain of sand that is unaccounted for. He is the one that made the seas, the lands, the birds, the bees, the rocks, the oceans, all the fish in the ocean, all the fish that mankind will never ever see and the only one that is ever going to know about it is God because we can't even reach the bottom of the ocean. He knows whenever a single hair falls off of your head. And in my own experience, I have a beard and I lose beard hairs everywhere and Leah's always telling me that and reminding me of it. But I have no clue about that. I have no clue whenever I lose a hair. It doesn't even come into my memory. I never even think about it. And yet, God knows for each individual in this room, for every person that has ever lived, from the beginning of time to the end of time, God knows it all. He is the one that knew us before we were ever formed in our mother's womb and before the days were ever lived by us, he had already fashioned them. At the moment of conception for each of us, God placed our soul inside a body, inside a body that was roughly the size of 100 micron, which is the diameter of a hair. So whenever we were this small, from the very beginning in our mother's womb, God was knitting each of us together. He knew who we would be. He knew that his son died for us. And he knew that he was going to bring us to saving faith in his son. He knows every single thing about us, and he knows things about us that we ourselves don't know and quite possibly never will know. So it brings us to verses 3 and 4. He says, He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. So everybody knows 
We cannot live without sleep. We spend roughly a third of our lives asleep. That is the average for each individual. And if, even if you go a single night without sleep, it already starts to mess with you. You already start to have a very slow reaction time. And if you don't sleep very well for two days, you start to go a little bit nuts. So sometimes we really should think of this fact that we spend a third of our lives asleep, and while we are asleep, do we know we're breathing? Do we know we're alive, really? Are we making ourselves to breathe? Are we taking breaths? How do, we, how do we know? We're not even sustaining that. We're completely and utterly helpless for a third of our lives. And yet God is giving us breath so that we can let it back out again and take another breath. There never has been a single time in which God has needed this sleep while we are sleeping at night in our beds, God is working and getting the next day ready. He is sustaining our breath. There never has been, there never will be a time in which the God we serve will slumber or sleep. He is holding every single cell in the universe together by the power of his spirit and his word. He is the self-sustaining one. He always has been. He is I am. This is the God that goes before us. He knows every single thing that is going to happen before it even happens. He has told us the future. And even roughly a third of the Bible is Bible prophecy of events that were going to happen in the future and hasn't been wrong one single time. God's word happens as he says it will. So when God places us on the solid rock, there is not a single wave that can ever drown us. There is not a single wind that can ever blow down our house because whenever our foundation is Christ, when he is our keeper, he is our sustainer, whenever he is our friend, nothing can and will ever destroy us because that same God that's holding all that together, who knows all things, every single thought that we have, he is the one holding us together. In verses 5 and 6, he says, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. So how secure are we in Christ? Are we just a little bit saved? Can we lose our salvation? Because these are very real questions. These are questions that we've all had at some point in time. So, so what is it? What's the answer? Are we able to do anything to earn God's favor in our lives? There is not a single thing that we can do to earn God's favor, to earn God's love, to earn God's compassion. We love him because he first loved us. And those 
that he has loved before we were ever born are eternally secure. And when we leave this life, we don't have to worry about where our souls go. We don't have to fear death. Because Jesus, the Father's only begotten Son, purchased us, purchased our souls with his blood. We, this is an amazing thing, we are a gift from the Father to the Son. If you don't think about that very often, I highly encourage you to, to think about the fact that you are God's children. So we are now his sheep, and he is our protector. And although we have an enemy that is much stronger than us, nothing can ever separate us from him. No height, no depth, no principality or power, ruler of darkness, no, no, nothing present, nothing to come, nothing within all of creation, both in the heavenly realm and in the earthly realm, the devil himself, if he was to take himself in the third of the angels that came and fell with him together on one single person to try and snatch them out of God's hand, he could not do it. Before God, he is nothing. He is nothing. And even the devil has to obey God. Even the devil has to go before God and ask permission to do things. And even in simple terms, if the earth was any closer to the sun, we'd all be burned up. If it was any closer to the moon than, than how God has set it up, we would all freeze to death. God has established the heavens in the perfect place to sustain our life on earth. Each of the four seasons happen every single year, just as God has said it. It has never changed and nothing will ever change what God himself has established. That brings us to verses 7 and 8. He says, The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This just repeats repeats what we've discussed again, that nothing can ever remove us from the love of the Father. He has showed so much compassion and mercy, and although we still fall short and sin every single day, he forgives us over and over and over again. Because through faith in Jesus, we've been made righteous before God, as if we have never sinned, as if we are perfect So the devil might be a strong enemy, but he's just dust compared to the Almighty. We might feel like the devil is winning sometimes, but Jesus has already won the war. Jesus is the one that holds the keys to Hades and death, not the devil. Jesus has power over it. Before we were ever born and ever trusted in him, God's Son took our debt upon himself. And the King of Kings placed his affection on us 
and loved us before we ever loved him. To think that the God of all creation had us in his mind before we ever knew what was what, before our grandparents, their parents, their parents, their parents, before Adam and Eve, before the angels were made, before the earth, before the sun, the moon, the stars, before all that happened, we were on the mind of God. He's invested an awful lot into us. He's redeemed us, creatures that have sinned against him. And he promises a body likened to his son, a glorified body. The troubles, the trials, the tribulations of this life, no matter how bad, no matter how many, is not worthy to even be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. You can only go so far with that one, but it's going to be awesome. So we have nothing to ever worry about because although we are weak, we are always weak, he is always strong. He is the one that holds everything together. He is the keeper of our souls. So how long will this last? How long is his hand of mercy going to be upon us? He says, from this time forth and forevermore. It will never end. There will never be an end to the mercy and grace and compassion and love and mercy, again, that he has shown us. And one day soon, we will step into eternity with him. Each who have placed their faith in Jesus. And that is going to be a very glorious, wonderful moment because whenever we see him, we will be like him because we shall see him as he is. All the questions that we have on earth, the why, why did this happen, why did that happen, all the things we wish to know now, we may get to know it. I don't know. We may not. But in that moment, whenever we step into eternity and we see our God, everything bad that has ever happened, it's just going to be a distant memory. Because one second in his presence, face to face, will have been worth more than thousands and thousands of years. And I'm very, very excited for that. Because each of you as believers are all going to the same place. We are an eternal priesthood before our God. It will never end. It will never stop. And we can take peace and just rest in the arms of our Savior because he is our sustainer. Whenever we feel as if we cannot sustain ourselves because we can't, it's okay because he does and he always does. Uh, Dearly Father, thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you and I praise you that simply by faith that Jesus died, was buried, and rose on the third day, we are granted the right to inherit eternal life and that we are eternally secure in your hands, that you are our keeper. You are the keeper of our souls. And I pray that um, you would restore any joy tonight that has been lost in your salvation, that 
our eyes would be opened more to see your glory and just to rest in your saving grace. It's in Jesus' name, amen.